we are such a complex biofeedback system and it's really empowering for us to, to understand this language so we can look at, like for example, nurses can look at their patients, not just whack-a-mole with symptoms, but getting curious with what are the root causes because that's what we're really treating. The root causes is what heals the disease. Ooh, I gotta go. I've been working, told them, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my family can eat. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cup of Nurses show here with your hosts, Peter and Matt, two nurses on a mission to change this world, one conversation at a time. If you find value in the show, please share and review the show. It would mean absolutely everything to us. Cupofnurses.com for the latest info, updates, and show notes. For our lifestyle podcast, you can check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. In this episode, we would like to introduce you to Kelly Love. Kelly is a rewilding coach, guiding you back to the truth of what your soul came here to do, be, and express through the body's wisdom. Kelly uses transformative psychosomatic bodywork to help achieve physical and emotional healing. Hey Kelly, welcome to the show. Can you please give us a quick background about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Kelly Love, and I just moved from Nicaragua to Costa Rica. And uh, one of the things I've been trained in, which is what we're going to talk about today, is body language, and it's also called psychosomatic therapy. I've also been trained in um, holistic trauma release, like using the body to heal the body, as well as Reiki and um, various healing modalities that uh, use the body to heal the body. But my favorite, which is what we're talking about today, is psychosomatic therapy. And most people haven't heard of this. When people think of body language, they think of posture and mannerisms. And most times when people say, or when I tell people I do body language, they stand up straight. Oh my God, when did she see it? And it's so much more than just sitting up straight. Um, body language is something that every human is innately wired with. And it's our soul's way of communicating what it's like living our human experience. And so everything we go through, all the experiences we have, the emotions we feel, the belief systems we acquire through those situations, they actually physically shape our body from uh, the way our muscles form, our tissue form, the posture we use, the mannerisms we use, even the language we use, the, our mental health states, our emotional health states. Um, so I've been trained in how to read this language. And so I use this language to guide people into understanding what's shaped them to be the person that they are. Why are they experiencing the diseases that they're experiencing? And how are they able to come into alignment with what their soul came here to be and with their most optimal health? Hmm. And Kelly, when did you realize this, this uh, connection between the body, emotions, feelings, was there like a specific event that you kind of realized like how this is so intertwined? Uh, there were a few things that happened. Um, I remember I had started uh, with talk therapy. One of my friends, I was lamenting with her about, you know, my dating issues again. And she's like, you're the common denominator, Cal. <laughs> I'm like, F you. 
and you're right. <laughs> so I started getting curious about why am I having these issues? Because I would look at everybody else and see, wow, they have amazing connections. And how come I don't have amazing connections? And why do my connections always end up uh, exploding? And so I started talk therapy and my therapist helped me realize I was quote unquote normal for what I had gone through. However, it didn't really give me the power to change who I was. And then I started reading this book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it's a fascinating book. It's written by uh, Bruce Lipton and uh, he's PhD, uh, incredible guy. And he started working with veterans and realizing that all these veterans had trauma and traditional therapies weren't working, medication wasn't working. And so he started exploring different things, different embodiment practices. And I lit up and I would go to therapy and I'd be like, hey, can we try family constellation therapy? Do you have any therapist friends you can call? Can we, can we try something else? And obviously he couldn't do that, right? So he took me as far as he was able to go. And then um, I ended up going to Europe to live for a year and eat my, or uh, live my eat, pray, love journey. And in that, um, I ended up being invited to a festival. And at this festival, everyone was happy. It was a healing festival. Everyone was happy and connected and the women felt safe and the feminine was really honored. And I was like, what Kool-Aid are y'all drinking and where do I get me some? And so they started um, sharing with me about different trainings that they had. And I, I took one of their trainings and I came alive and I thought I had been dead this entire time. And so that was the beginning of the healing journey. And so I, I, I scheduled training after training, after training, after training. And then along the way, I met uh, the woman who taught me how, what I do now, which is body language. And in just one hug, she goes, you didn't get enough pats on the back. You didn't get enough affection and you were probably pretty rebellious. And I'm like, uh, yeah, how, how, what, how did you know that? And that sparked my curiosity. And then as I was finishing my, all these trainings that I had scheduled, my hip was starting to give out and, uh, it became really apparent that I needed to get a hip replacement. And so I, I reached out to Carol. I said, you know, this sounds like a good time to do a discovery call, see if she has some answers about what I'm experiencing. And when she shared with me what a hip replacement means, and it was so accurate, I said, I have no idea what this is, but you knew who I was from a hug and you understand what my, my lived experiences were through just a hip replacement. So I'm going to learn this. And that was really... Um, the missing link that helped me put all my tools together and, and really work on that deep work of, of healing the trauma and healing the disease in my body. And it's, it's very uh, a deep analysis there because anybody that that's a nurse listening, you think of like a hip procedure, you think there's wear and tear, it's an older person, they've done their hard work as you know, in their life and they need to replace their hips. So mm -hmm. what is this language exactly in the body and how how is it making an effect on the human body where it's creating this wear and tear? You're saying there's different issues with posture, whatever. Yeah, that's a great question. So when I got the hip replacement, um, I was forced to slow down. 
And in that slowing down, and as I was learning the body language, my body began to share with me all the stories that were attached to all the, the physical disease that I had in my body. So let's see, what's the easiest way to explain this? Well, like I said, everything that we go through has its energetic impact on our body. And so it, sh it, it shapes us to be who we are. So what I do is I read that energy. What is the energy that shaped a person? So for example, as I was healing myself from that hip replacement, I began to realize what muscles had been dissociated and caused my bones to be out of alignment, which caused the wear and tear on the hip joint. And as I began to get in touch with the, the, the alignment from my feet all the way up to my hip, that's when my body started to share more details with me. So I'll give you some examples. So first of all, I, I uh, popped my left ankle out of place several times. And the ankle in psychosomatic therapy is foundational. So these are our primary years, usually like ages zero to three, really the foundational years. And the left side of the body is attached to um, the feminine aspect. And so what my body began to tell me was, remember when you were raped as a baby? Because I was, I was raped as a under six months old by my biological dad. And remember when you went through that? And you like literally the foundation of your femininity was knocked out from under you. And so what happens is that created a dissociation in my ankle, which uh, then traveled up the left side of my body. And so eventually uh, what ended up happening is the whole left leg muscle began to dissociate. And what that is uh, a message, is, a message of is the feminine not feeling safe to be seen in this world. See, because I had been raped as a baby and because I had gone through other types of molestation and sexual assault, my feminine began to believe it is not safe to be seen. It is not safe to be present. And so when we go through trauma, our body and our mind respond by creating protective mechanisms. So for me, it was dissociate. Don't be present. Don't be here. And so all of those muscles were dissociating and the ankle was not stable. And so that caused the hip to be out of alignment as well. My hips began to cock up. So we, when, when we want proper alignment, we want uh, the front of our pelvis to be flat. There's always going to like for women, there's going to be a little bit of curve in that pelvis in the back more so than men. And the front, we want that to be flat. Well, mine cocked up like this. So when we look at that area of the body, that's the root chakra, that's the sacral center. And so that's my body saying, oh, it's not safe to be seen. The sexual energy is not safe to be seen. I'm going to hide it. And so the body responds by cocking the hips up and hiding the sex center, which also contributed to the, de the degeneration of the hip joint. And so these were all the stories that came alive as I began to heal and strengthen my body. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does. And for any nurse that's listening, just for more background of how this exactly happens, and I read the book as well, The Body Keeps a Square. It seems like whenever we have thoughts or emotions, as far as jealousy, envy, anxiety, that emotion that doesn't travel anywhere, doesn't get properly ventilated, it seems like it just gets stored and gets denser over time. And that energy that becomes dense starts affecting muscle tissue and becomes 
problematic, like in your case, when you're explaining the ankle and then the hip. And, and that's an interesting. Absolutely. And do you know the answer to why specific emotions or events get stored in different body parts? Is there an explanation to that? Yeah, we have several energy centers in our body. Uh, th these are called the chakra centers. And in those chakra centers are specific body parts that are attached. We can also look, I mean, if you want to look at it from a medical perspective too, the spine, every area of our body has a connection to the spine. And that is going to affect the formation of our body. So with trauma, it gets stored in, in the more primal part of our brain, the reptilian brain, where there's no time or reason. It's just emotion and sensory information. And within the body, the issues are stored in the tissues. And so what ends up happening is these emotions that are attached to the traumas find their place to live in the energy centers that are attached to I would say those emotions or those feelings, like for example, the reason why sexual trauma, you'll find a lot of sexual trauma stored in the hips is because that's very much uh, a root chakra and sacral chakra energy. This is stuff that is tied to survival, getting our needs met, um, emotional connection, community, sensuality, and sexuality. So you'll find a lot of those issues there. That's why Oftentimes people that have gone through sexual trauma too will experience pain during sex or numbness, um, maybe even erectile dysfunction or other sorts of uh, sexual dysfunction like infertility because it's the body saying this doesn't feel safe to be sexual. So we're just going to shut it down. Hmm. And Kelly, is this like a bidirectional system? Is there, could like, for example, a physical injury bring out certain emotions or is it more of like the emotions leading to these these physical, uh, you could say, uh, changes or, or attributes that, that, that people present? That's a great question. So it is bi-directional. And first of all, we are prone to disease because of what we have experienced. So the reason why my hips were prone to uh, the labrum degenerating and the bone dying and me needing that replacement was because of what I went through. However, we can also use body language to reprogram ourselves and heal ourselves. So if the circumstances of our life have shaped us to be who we are, well, when we begin to reshape ourselves, we also begin to reshape our reality. We reshape the way we think, the way we feel, the way we show up in life. Perfect example is you see somebody that walks into a room with their head hanging down and their shoulders slumped forward. You don't need to be a genius to understand that that person is not confident. If they were confident, they'd walk in with their head held high, their shoulders up, their shoulders back, looking people in the face. So the question is, what created that insecurity? What caused them to have that posture? And by correcting the posture, what ends up happening is you start to send a new message to your body. I am confident. I'm looking life in the face. I'm feeling everything. And then as that happens, then the body begins to bring to surface the issues that caused you to feel insecure and hang your head down and walk around trying to hide, right? So it's, and part of what I teach people is how to reverse engineer, reverse program ourselves through the language of the body. So when it comes to like holding on to stress, I'm trying to think of like some of the stress that maybe healthcare professionals go to. So a lot of things that, that we kind of go through is more and more on the emotional side is, is almost like, 
I feel like as a nurse, when people explain to me how they're feeling, what they're going through, it's almost like I'm, I'm living their life in a certain sense with my emotions. So if, if I'm somebody that like maybe carries somebody else's emotions, how might, how might that present on me? That's a great question. So uh, for a lot of people in, I would say the medical industry or in any industry where they're helping a lot of people, what ends up happening is they're taking on these burdens. So you'll often see people with shoulders that are rolled forward. And if there is so much going on, like, especially as a nurse, right, you guys have probably the most contact with patients, uh, maybe besides a, a physician's assistant, uh, but you, you have more physical contact with the patient. So you're really feeling them. And, um, as, as well as, as like having these shoulders, it can be like a very traumatic situation to go through to, to just see people almost dying all the time and like having to resuscitate them or having to call in a bunch of other nurses to try to save them or trying to figure out what's going on or even witnessing their families grieve as you try to do everything to save this person and they still die. So oftentimes where those issues get stored is in guts when people don't have uh, the space or the capacity to feel everything and digest what they're feeling, digest what they're experiencing, they might end up with some gut health issues. So gut health issues can manifest in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of people might have like a sucked in solar plexus. So right where the diaphragm is, you'll, you'll see somebody with their solar plexus sucked in because rather than feel it all, they start shallow breathing so they don't have to feel all their emotions, right? Because when you're when you're breathing deeply, your diaphragm's going like this, right? It's working with your lungs. And what this does is this helps process your emotions and process your food. Well, if you're not processing your emotions and you're gonna have this sucked in diaphragm, you might have constipation or diarrhea or acid reflux or hemorrhoids or something like that. There's a whole slew of, of health issues that you can experience just from not processing emotions as well. When you get these heavy shoulders, this is from carrying too many burdens. So what, what I like to show people is when you're carrying so many burdens like this, look what happens. The neck comes forward. I'm just going to carry, 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 shoulder all these burdens. And then when the neck comes forward, it's like you're trying not to feel how uncomfortable it feels to be feeling everybody's burdens. So there's a, those are some of the physiological signs you can look at to see if somebody is, is taking on too much of their job. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Two things that stood out to me. So one of them is when you mentioned anxiety and the solar plexus, we see that as a clinical picture in a lot of our patients where you can tell when somebody's anxious and they, you know, they have regular symptoms of anxiety, they have diarrhea, bloating, etc. Then they develop diverticulosis, something ulcerative colitis. Then they get colostomy bags mm -hmm. because of the emotions that you're mentioning they're not processing. But where we're we always mm -hmm. thinking as medical professionals that's hey, it's usually related to the disease process, bad diet, life that's leading to that, but also the contributing factor could be the way you're regulating your emotions. It's mm -hmm. causing psychosomatic effects. And then also, Kelly, I know uh, right. We did this body language where I noticed that like most of my body is like leaning forward. And it's interesting because I'm in the profession as a nurse. I feel like I've always been 
not like people pleasing, but making sure everybody's good, even with family, right? We always had to call Comcast, T-Mobile, handle the bills, call your grandparents, your parents for appointments because they don't speak uh, English. Polish is their primary language. And it's always like being the caregiver for everybody, including your patients. And then weeks, weeks add on and you feel that burden where your shoulders are rounding or you feel exhausted. You were right. like a hump in your back or whatever. So it's right. Good. Oh, I was just going to say, if we could go into a little bit more detail of, of your specific body language reading. Yes, you were leaning forward, which is this uh, psychosomatic response of getting ahead of yourself, a stick your neck out type of attitude where you're willing to do a lot for other people. But also what your body was experiencing was you had a lot of tension in your back. So even though you were getting ahead of yourself and lunging head forward into life and sticking your neck out for other people, you're, you experience a lot of tension in the back of your body because you're falling forward so much. Your body's like, oh my God, we got to tense up so we don't collapse all the way forward. And that uh, ended up, you ended up experiencing other gut health issues because of that, because it was so much to process and you weren't processing it. And then your root chakra was tightening up, your butt muscles were tightening up. So just to give the, the audience a good idea of, of how intricate this is, it wasn't just like you're getting ahead of yourself and taking on all these responsibilities. Your body started responding in a lot of other ways and creating a lot of other dis-ease in your body. The body is very good at compensating itself, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, Kelly, how can you distinguish between if this is like really an emotional and feelings issue versus like maybe more of like a physiological issue that's due to like an injury or a disease process? Is there any way to distinguish between the two or is it like usually just an emotional issue? Um, it's, there's always going to be an outside contributing factor. We don't just wake up with disease, right? Right. Disease comes because there's toxins in our life. So whether it's through the environment we're in, the food we eat, uh, the emotions we experience, everything has a meaning. So sometimes when, when people say, um, like, for example, you, you spoke earlier about how in the medical profession, people will say, oh, well, there's a contributing factor of diet or exercise. Well, I look at that with curiosity as well. Why are you eating the food you're eating, right? Like recently I, I had a client who was just craving like really sweet food and really decadent food. And they had gone through a season where the sweetness of life had drained out of them. And the, the, the decadent life that they used to live wasn't as decadent because they had been focusing on healing and other things. And so their body started craving nourishment, right? Nourishment in the form of sweets and decadence, because that's what their soul was really craving was the sweetness of life, the decadence of life. Um, another way to look at it is, is, uh, like for example, with people with obesity, we can tell them, Oh yeah, you're, you're fat because you eat too much. Well, why are you eating too much? What are you stuffing down? What are you desiring to not feel? So it's very rare. In fact, I, I can't think of any client that I've worked with where they just had a disease magically manifest without it not being attached to some sort of circumstance in their life. Okay. What about like, for example, like an injury, like let's say, <clears throat> let's say like the, like, like an, like an ankle 
um, how did, I mean, I don't know if this is like possible, but how do you know that it's like an emotional thing versus maybe just like you're, you haven't trained your legs properly. It's more of like a knee issue than an ankle issue. Or is that just like something different? That's a good question. Um, so anytime there's something that's out of alignment there, like, like Matt said, there's going to be ways that the body overcompensates. Right. So for example, um, I'll give you an example with me. I noticed that my toes on my left foot would grip when I walk. Well, that's not healthy alignment for feet, right? The toes should be relaxed. Weight should be evenly displaced. But what I realized is that they were gripping because my butt muscles weren't engaged. So then the question is, the butt muscles are attached to the root chakra, uh, a little bit of the sacral chakra as well. So why am I not feeling grounded? Why am I not feeling safe? How is my feminine not standing up for herself? So then there's the questions of curiosity of getting to the root cause issue, right? And, and the other thing is, gosh, like we, we, are a, uh, we are a biofeedback system. So the toes represent our, our uh, upper chakras. So the neck, uh, the throat chakra, the third eye, the crown chakra. So these are our thoughts. These are the way that we express ourselves. So with my toes gripping, that means because I didn't feel safe, because I wasn't grounded, because my feminine wasn't standing up for herself, then I had this gripping with my thoughts, overanalyzing, um, looking for danger, right? So we are such a complex biofeedback system and it's really empowering for us to, to understand this language. So we can look at like, for example, nurses can look at their patients, not just whack-a-mole with symptoms, but getting curious with what are the root causes, because that's what we're really treating. The root causes is what heals the disease. So it's, it's looking at the whole body. Is the short answer. <laughs> so now that anybody that's listening, that's a nurse, is understanding body language for what it is right now. It's more than just your posture, your expressions, the way your shoulders are sitting. How can we use this information of the body language to help our patients ultimately, or better understand them and and provide better patient care? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, the first thing I would say is everyone should become familiar with their own body language. Because until you are convinced that this language is accurate and it is showing you the truth of your lived experiences, you will not be able to see the truth in somebody else. So really to be able to provide good care for those that you're serving, that means you've got to start with good care for yourself. And for nurses, y'all are bending over backwards for so many people. So uh, it's going to start with creating space for yourself, for some self-care taking some of these burdens off your shoulders, processing your emotions, getting in touch with your body language. And then from there, you're, you're going to be able to feel your clients. You're going to be able to see uh, what's really going on with them, right? Just like, um, you know, I can look at your body, Matt, and see the circumstances that have shaped you to be who you are and invite you into a new way of being which is going to assist you in, in healing yourself from the inside out, becoming in your most powerful expression. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's almost like you have to learn how to love before you love somebody. Same way, the better you understand your body, the more you're going to be able to understand what that person is going through and you can help them essentially. 
And Akel, you mentioned your, cl- right. your you mentioned clients a, a little bit ago. Were you going to say anything? I'm sorry. That's no, all right. Go ahead. Okay. You mentioned your clients a little bit ago. Have you noticed like maybe like a a theme or like an issue that you commonly see that maybe people generally generally have? Yes. Most people have an arch in their back because they're bending over backwards to fulfill the expectations of what other people think they should be out or how other people think they should be living their life. Instead of really tuning in to what is it that their soul came here to do and be right. We all came here with the mission and it's our, it's our honor and it's our privilege to figure out what that is. And so much of society places these expectations on us to do this, be that, be this way. And the soul is like, I don't care about that. I care about what I came here to do and be. And I see this as systemic. And I see this as like a top down uh, experience where the powers that be, which are many of them, there's many power structures in place. And they place these burdens on us that are unrealistic and out of touch with nature, not only our nature, but uh, mother nature, right? And so we're living out of alignment with what it really means to be a human living the human experience. And so because of that, I see a lot of people with an arch in their back, also locked knees um, and their necks coming forward. And part of the next coming forward is so many people are on their freaking phones, right? They're not present with life. They're not looking life in the face. They're not really feeling. They're just taking information, stuffing, 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 stuffing. And so we see people with a lot of neck issues, neck and lower back issues. Hmm. And, and with the arch back, how would you approach that, that individual? How, how would you help them out? Like what does a session uh, with you look like when they come with that arch back and they're really asking for for help because they just keep carrying these loads? Yeah, so what I like to do with people is give them a full body mind analysis uh, because that really gives you the whole picture. Uh, I feel, and this is is no insult to to any of the nurses or the medical medical industry, but I feel like uh, a lot of what the medical industry is doing is just looking at symptoms and playing whack-a-mole and take this pill and try this and do that. And we really need to look at the, the human as a whole system. We're not just our symptoms. We are emotions. We are thoughts. We are spirits. We are uh, a, a physical functioning being, right? So looking at the whole, si- the whole system, not just the symptom. So with the full body mind analysis, people are going to get a really clear idea of what shaped them to be who they are and what their common patterns are. And Matt, if you want to speak into that at all, maybe share what were the common patterns, one or two common patterns you saw in yourself through the body reading. Yeah. I think one that stood out to me that I could think of right now is my elbows, how I think they're expressing forward, right? So my elbows are going in versus being on the side of my body. And that just me always people pleasing in a sense, right? Always asking for things because I don't know how to like validate my emotions in a sense, right? So it was always, I was always giving away my power, right? I think you mentioned that the elbows have to do with like the solar plexus. So I've always, I was always outsourcing my power and it showed the way my elbows were, uh, 
positioned in my body, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and also the 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 medical industry will call this hyperextension of the elbows, right? And what that speaks to is overextending yourself, and it actually starts with the the shoulder joint rolling out, which makes the elbow roll out. And see, the shoulder joint is connected to heart energy. So it's, you have some of my love. You have some of my love. Everybody has some of my love. And in giving so much away and reaching for love, there's nothing left for you. So this is where, this is also what a lot of people do. And and what body language is, it's the ultimate love language. It's learning how to love ourselves first and foremost, to really be strongly rooted and grounded in who we are and fully healthy so that we are able to show up in love for other people. For anybody that's listening, maybe some more practical, practical advice, somebody's driving or listening to this. How can you begin to listen or hear your body where your pain is being stored, where your trauma is being stored to begin to heal that? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to say again, getting in touch with the language of the body. So Um, I, like I said, I do the full body readings, but I'm also launching my uh, signature program, which is called so much love. And in that program, I'm teaching people what the language is from the feet all the way up to the head. So what do your aligned postures mean? And what do the misaligned postures mean? So in the misalignments, we can hear what it is that the body is communicating. Also, what's the medicine that the body is asking for. And then when we put ourselves in the alignment, that's the new message we're sending our body, the new uh, frequency that we are telling ourselves we're going to be living. So it's, it's slowing down and looking at what are the misalignments and listening to that. Mm. Are there common themes of things that your clients need or anybody as a whole consciousness in like the world or what you're experiencing to begin that healing process? Is there like three things that stand out for you? Yeah. Um, I feel like most humans are on some level in a trauma response, whether it's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And uh, that's going to affect breathing. So most people are going to have shallow breathing. It's either going to be low and shallow or up and in the chest and shallow. So both are not fully using our diaphragm. So what we understand about trauma responses, and this is where we can get a little geeky together, is when somebody goes into a trauma response, if it's freeze, everything lowers, blood pressure lowers, um, heart rate lowers, energy gets pulled from the neocortex. They're not thinking clearly, right? They go into the reptilian brain. So when we see somebody with a shallow breathing pattern, we can see, oh, okay, there is some trauma here. Let's start deep breathing. Let's get our our spine into alignment so that way we can take oxygen in instead of having a collapsed spine and and reducing that by 50% or too far out and also reducing it by 50%. Um, Or if if somebody has like rapid breathing, we can see that they might be an anxious person. Well, what's going on in your life that's causing this anxiety? And again, deep breathing Um, which is going to allow the diaphragm to fully massage that transverse colon. And when you're massaging that transverse colon where we digest our emotions, then you can start feeling the emotions and addressing those issues. And it's really good to have a support system here because if you've been ignoring them and stuffing them for so long, 
it's, it might be a little bit overwhelming. The other thing is check out your feet. Our feet are our foundation. How we step into the world is how we step into everything in life. And so our feet are also a biofeedback system. So right side of the body is connected to left brain function and left side of the body is connected to right brain function. So right brain function is about creativity, feeling, um, intuition, and left brain function is about analyzing and uh, goal setting and things like that. So when we're looking at our feet and how we step into the world, well, if your feet are going in opposite directions, well, you can automatically see that your right and left brain function aren't working together. So you can start asking yourself, how do I bring myself into alignment? Where, where am I off track in my direction and purpose, right? Uh, you know, uh, left brain, left brain function being direction in life and right brain function being the soul's purpose, the soul's expression. So how are they divided? How do I bring that together? And then we have people who have their feet inward, turned inward. When we're reading that energy, when something turns inward, right? That energy is hiding, insecurity, lacking confidence at cross purposes, right? They're crossing over each other. So then the question is, how, how is that manifesting in my life? Why am I feeling insecure? Why am I hiding? And the other thing I would say is checking in with the hips because the lower body, most of us aren't walking properly. Most of us are heel toe walking, which means we're leading from the knee, which is our solar plexus. We're throwing our power everywhere. When in actuality, the power in the lower half of our body is in our butt and thighs, right? These are our biggest muscles. And so when we start moving from those power centers, then we start moving from our power. We start showing up in our power in life. So checking to make sure that those hips are in alignment and that you're lifting your leg from your hip rather than leading with the knee, landing on the heel that has no stability. Instead, picking that leg up with your power, placing it down on the ball of your foot. Mm. I, have a, I have a question regarding some, some symptoms. This is going to go towards more of our female audience is women or young women that suffer from really bad like menstrual cramps. And also I feel like a lot of younger women suffer from frequent headaches. Um, is there any association with, with those symptoms and any kind of uh, emotional trauma or any kind of issues uh, with like feelings or anything like that? Well, what I'm, what I'm hearing right now within, within myself is that most women aren't living in tune with their nature. They have become accustomed to living in a man's world. And so they go, 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 do, 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 provide, provide, provide. And yet really the, the, the wisdom of being a woman is living in, in sync with the rhythms of nature, the rhythms and cycles of nature. And so getting in touch with the different phases of your moon cycle, what's your energy like, right? Because when a woman is going through her bleed every month, her uterus wall is shedding. It's actually more tender. And yet we still, for the most part, force women to still carry the same load of work. And really this is a time for women to slow down and become internal. We're actually more intuitive when we're on our bleed cycle. 
And so really this is a, this, this is, this is a systemic issue. <laughs> we need to create the space as a society, men included to give women that space to really care for their body when they're on their bleed, to be able to slow down and rest and allow their body to let go of their uterine lining and, and feel themselves. And, you know, in ancient cultures, when, when women would bleed, the, the, the village would come to them and ask them for direction from God, because that's when they were their most intuitive. So where are we with honoring the feminine in society? And then I would say that uh, a typical, this isn't going to be for every woman, right? Uh, and likely a, a very common reason for our migraines is because there's so much in their head. And our strength as women is our body, is feeling, is intuiting, is sensing. And so when we're living up in our head, we're creating this tension inside where we're fighting against the nature of who we are. And so really, this is a, this is a call from the collective for women to be able to live differently and for men to step up and to create the safe spaces for women to live according to their nature. Yeah, yeah. And like... It's back to like the simple solution of putting like somebody on birth control and it like masks the the symptoms. It's like that trying to just treat those those symptoms uh, by putting women on like birth control just right. to have a you could say just a, a better menstrual menstrual cycle that's not as not as intense when you're not really dealing with the with the original issue like you're saying. Well, and you know it's sort of like an fu to nature. It's like. Uh, your, your natural way of being is inconvenient. So let's just pump you full of some hormones and trick your body into thinking you're pregnant. Why is that compassionate to the body? That's not compassionate. That's totally disrespectful to the feminine, in my opinion. Yeah. I guess people just don't want to get pregnant, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, Kelly, one last question for, we ask this all to all of our guests at the end. So if you had the opportunity to have a f cup of coffee with anybody one last time, who would it be and why? Ooh. Who would it be? Oh, oh okay. All right. Um, I'm, I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm not religious. And <laughs> Jesus was one of... Uh, the greatest role models for me. I really felt like he embodied love and he showed us what it was like to really tap into our God power, to tap into the full potential of what it means to be a human and to really live in that resonance of love. And so I would sit with him, ask him how I could be more loved, be more present, be more human and be more godlike because that is the human experience. We we incarnated. We're spirits that incarnated. So, how do I live as spirit in flesh? It's very interesting. It's very deep. Yeah, I think this is the first time anyone said um, that brought up like religion into this or like a religious figure in a sense. That's pretty cool. And then Kelly, where can people find you if they want to uh, take one of your courses or just learn more about themselves? Yeah. So the best way to find me is either on Instagram or you can email me directly or go to my website. They're all really simple. Instagram is at Kelly love rewilding. I help people rewild into their, uh, true nature, their, their purest essence. 
Um, also my website is kellyloverewilding.com. And if you're interested in joining the soul much love program and learning how to read the language of the body so you can see yourself and see your clients in their truth, um, that link is also in the bio on my, uh, Instagram, or you can do kellyloverewilding.com backslash soul S O U L much love. So much love. Thank you so much, Kelly. We also want to just acknowledge you for your time being on the show, your fresh perspective for nurses that are listening. It's a little bit different compared to Western medicine where, hey, maybe this is not just the, the physical symptoms of disease process. Maybe it's something energetic. There's a different root cause. So yes. definitely some shape-shifting perspectives for anybody that's listening that's new to this. So thank you for being brave and sharing different perspectives on the show. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And, and I truly see body language as the future of everything. Um, the medical industry really hearing where we are, who we are, the truth of our state, and also seeing each other as we are and being able to consciously love each other. So thank you for having me. This is my passion in life. Awesome. Thank, thank you so much, Kelly. Kelly.